So we have just revealed our newest collection. This has been five years in the making. Um, so it's an oud collection, and they're all meant to give you a glorious oudgasm because I believe <laughs> perfume is pleasure. Yes. <laughs> and with oud specifically, I feel like it's so sensual. It's so beautiful. It really does like completely change how you feel. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Mona Katan, the founder of Kayali, based in Dubai, UAE. Mona introduced the world to Middle Eastern scent layering, she came into the limelight as co-founder of Huda Beauty and in 2018 founded Kayali, which translates to My Imagination in Arabic. Propelled by the wildly popular fragrance Vanilla 28, the brand is known for its decadent, luxurious gourmands that demonstrate Mona's belief that perfume is pleasure. In this episode, she sits down with Marianne Machescu, who runs communications at Scentbird. She recommends fragrances from her personal library, shares tips like favorite layering combinations, and reveals her newest collection, Oudgasm, an invitation to lean into oud. Layer perfumes like Arabian Royalty with Mona Katan on Scentworld. Thank you for being here. I am such a fan of Kayali. I am wearing Yum Pistachio Gelato now, and I've been obsessed with your fragrance line for so long, and it's just such an honor to have you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on here with you and to see you again. It's a pleasure. Thank you so yes, much for having me. Yes, LA misses you. You, you. need to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I miss you too. Yeah. Thank you. Congrats on your recent wedding. I know that so many people are talking about how you need to have a signature scent for your wedding so it brings back those happy memories. I would love to talk a little bit about that and how fragrance played a role in your special day. It was actually the idea of my hairstylist, Dom Seeley. Um, he's amazing. He's a a good friend of mine. We've been working together now for over five years. Um, and when, when I told him I got engaged, he's like, you should create a fragrance for your wedding. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is a brilliant idea. So as soon as he said that we started working on the development, me and my husband, and initially it was supposed to be one scent. Um, but then it just became like, why don't we create a his and hers, mm -hmm. something that would add variety, something that you could layer together. And, um, and then I just started doing like more like mapping out the ideas and brainstorming. And then I was speaking to my, my mother-in-law and she was like in Sudan, um, that's where my husband's originally from. Uh, she was like, they use sandalwood for weddings and they just use it in general. It's like such a common, um, oil that they use in fragrance. And she was like, you know, you should do something around that. So I love the idea. And that's why both of them have a similar hero note with Santal. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was really like a tribute to pay some ode to his culture, but also um, touches of mine and cr to create something really special together. So I feel like it came together so beautifully. Um, we have the silk centile, the velvet centile, um, and they, they work gorgeous together, which I love. I'm like, it's like me and you. Yeah. <laughs> to my, to Hassan. How involved was he when it came to like smelling the different iterations of the scents? He was 
as involved as I forced him to be. <laughs> I forced him. I was like, he loves fragrance, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, Hassan smells so good all the time, and he's so passionate about perfume. He's not as experimental as myself. Like, he has, like, maybe 10 regulars that he wears all the time. Okay. Um, but he does love perfume. He's very passionate. He doesn't go a day without wearing perfume. Um, but you know, it was a lot of meetings. Like I had to spend a lot of time with him on the development and it took a very long time to get to the right place. Um, I think I did drive him crazy, (laughs) (laughs) but we had fun. And the end of the day, it was like a very special experience. And I think creating something together was also very special. I think it makes you kind of bond in a way. Of course we like, you know, had our disagreements and everything, but I think it just also brought us closer and I, I told him, I was like, it's our first baby. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I think a great thing is like, we have very different tastes as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it just added more flavor to the outcome. You know, I, I like working with people who have different tastes to myself. For it sure. It kind of challenges you. And yeah. you learn something from their taste yeah. and what, they're, what the feedback Absolutely. they're giving you. I mean, I have to ask, what was one of the first fragrances you ever used or what is the most memorable one from your past? The first one I ever bought myself was um, Curve from Liz Claiborne. <gasps> oh my God, Curve. Were you old enough to remember that one? I don't know. Yes, I loved Curve. It's OG. <laughs> it's an older one. Um, but when I was growing up, it was like one of those popular ones that you could find in like any pharmacy. I bought it from CVS because we didn't really have department stores where I grew up, but um. I fell in love with that scent. I felt it was very fresh, very um, just energizing. I used to wear it to work out and I just, I fell in love with it. And, um, and then I started layering it with other like Bath and Body Works scents, Victoria's Secret scents, but I've always just, I've loved that fragrance. It's not really me today. Mm -hmm. I've evolved a lot, but um, it just brings back so many memories. It's such a fun scent. And I feel like I have an old bottle. And as soon as I smell it, I can remember exactly what I was doing in July when I was eight years old. I smelled it. So (laughs) I love that we're curve girlies. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, my God. Yes. I I bought it recently um, just to kind of remember like what I was smelling at that point in my life. I was 14 at the time. And I was just like, I actually got touched. I was like, I, I literally transported myself back to like high school And like, I almost had a flashback and it was just so trippy. And that's like one of the most beautiful things about fragrance is that it's just so powerful. It's, it's magic, you know, the way it plays with your memories and your brain and everything. It just fascinates me. And it just evokes different emotions. Like you said, Yes, we have to talk about your fragrance closet. I am obsessed with your videos because every time you go in there, it's like, I don't know anybody that has a fragrance collection that big aside from like the Sephora warehouse, right? (laughs) I'm trying my best. Um, You know, I, it started growing um, for the longest time ever. I've been collecting fragrances since I was 14, but this exact library has been being built. um, I wouldn't say for over 10 years now. So I've been collecting and I haven't gotten rid of my old bottles and everything. I'm trying to beat the world record. Um, there's a lady in Greece. I think her collection's around 6,000 plus. So I have I have quite a long way to go. I need to get at least another 2,000. Um, but I'm trying to build up a library. And, you know, for me, it's like, it's my life. Like, mm-hmm. fragrances are my life. 
And I, I still like, even though I have my own brand, I'm so inspired by other fragrances. I love other fragrances. I still wear them all the time uh, when I'm not sampling our own that we're creating. But whenever I have free skin and I have my own time to wear things that I love, I love mixing other brands. And I, I just feel like fragrance is art. So, you know, I, I feel so inspired to like look at other ones, try them, play with the bottles, um, smell them. It's just it's so inspiring. It really is. It's like a silent art form. Um, can, it is. Can you share some of the first fragrances that you added to the collection when you decided to build this? I would say the first fragrances in this collection um, started with a brand called McAuliffe. Do you know them? I don't. They're they're very niche. Okay. Um, it's a very indie brand. It's made in grass um, by this couple. They're so sweet and adorable. I actually, when I first left my job in finance and I started doing PR, they were one of my first clients. I begged them to let me work for them. <laughs> and I did their PR for like free fragrances because oh, wow. they're so expensive. They're like $300 a bottle, like crazy. And I was like, just let me do your PR. I promise you it's going to take you a long way because I do feel like they're so underrated. They're so exquisite, like mm -hmm. one of the best brands I've ever tried. And I do have to say the brand itself is probably one of the reasons why I even ventured into fragrances because it was my first niche bottle. My friend bought it for me for my birthday in university. And when I tried that fragrance, I just felt so taken away. I felt like a princess. Oh, wow. And I was like, it's so amazing that a fragrance can make you feel so special. And, and it's just such an incredible brand. So I have quite a lot um, from that brand. I'd say around 10 of my own that I, I built up from back then. Now I have a few more from like PR that they send me and stuff like that. But I love this brand. It's so it's so incredible. Everybody who's listening, please go try it. They're amazing. Um, and they're such a lovely couple as well. And I, I also love that they were telling me that they do everything by hand still. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so intimate. Yeah. They put the crystals on the bottles by hand. It's such a intimate brand. Oh my gosh. Well, that answers my next question. Kind of. <laughs> do you have any personal favorites from your collection of 4,000? I have so many. It's so hard to pick because I just... I love, I really do love perfumes. If I had to pick one brand, I would say for like high end, I would say Louis Vuitton. Like okay. I just feel like their fragrances are so exquisite. The quality, the longevity. I mean, I can only imagine the price per kilo that they're paying. It's yeah. probably <laughs> insane, but it's such a beautiful like collection that they have. Um, kind of like mid-range, mm -hmm. I would say... Oh gosh, it's so hard because there's so many amazing ones. Um, maybe, maybe Replica. I have quite a few that I love from Replica. Um, I also love a brand called Mansara, but it's more popular in this part of the world. I'm okay. not sure if you guys are too familiar with it. Have you heard of it, Mansara? I haven't heard of it. I mean, you're giving me no, so many also... <laughs> ideas that I need to look up after. <laughs> maybe you've heard of their popular scent. One of the most popular is Rose's Vinny. Have you heard of that one? Maybe. It sounds familiar. It's so good. Okay. It's really good. Um, and then for mass, I mean, there's also so many that I love, but I might have to say... Bath and Body Works. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're just so good. They like, are. There's just so many home runs and um, great price point. I also love Rituals as well, which is great. I mean, I don't know how popular it is in the U.S., but it's pretty big here, uh, especially for home scents. But I love, I love to play. I feel like perfume is, 
It's something that you play with. It's a tool. It's fun. It's like my little playground. It definitely is. Are there any like surprising, <laughs> unexpected combinations that you've come up? Because you're like the queen of layering. And I feel like you opened up so many people's minds to like the fact that you can layer fragrances and change the mood. But out of the 4,000 fragrances, have you come up with any combinations that you're like, didn't know that would work, but love that? I don't, I don't know if any surprise me anymore. Cause I always try to like choose the unexpected, especially when I'm in my perfume library, I'm always trying to experiment with things that I've never tried before. Um, I feel like those are the best mixes. Like whenever it's something that's very polarizing and like, for example, you take something really strong, like leather and tobacco, and you add something really sweet, like vanilla, Mm -hmm. um, vanilla and cotton candy or something like Ooh. usually combinations like that are just so interesting. And I feel like it really relates to when you're cooking, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're cooking something like a soup, you know, the most interesting combinations are going to be when you take something really different and add a little touch of it. And then it creates something so unique and, and just, so just changes your senses instantly, you know? So I feel like, Again, maybe like relating it to like your cookie and then you're adding like a little bit of salt. It's just like it changes it so drastically, but it's exactly what you needed to like switch up the flavor mm -hmm. and make that sweetness even tastier, if you know what I mean. That is such a good analogy to put it like in terms of cooking, because I feel like, yeah, when I met you at the Yum Pistachio Gelato event, I had been using that scent for quite some time. But when you layered it with Vanilla 28, I was like man, you just changed it and I'm ready for like a night out. And yeah, it just really takes it there. Oh, I'm so happy. And I hope you keep experimenting because I really feel like the more you do like the very um, different complicated combinations, the more fun you're going to have, the more you're, you're most likely going to create something that you've never smelled before. So I really recommend playing around. And honestly, like this wasn't my own idea. Like this is something that has been done in the Middle East forever. So that's where the inspiration came from. It's like, this has been a part of the culture forever. People here, like they wake up, they layer their, themselves with like musk and then they'll add a touch of oud and then they'll add a touch of rose, like jasmine, whatever it is. So it's like, it's really something that I was inspired from living in Dubai. You know, it's, it's just something that everybody does here. For sure. It's such a huge part of the culture out there. Was it a big part of, I mean, aside from like Curve and experimenting with Bath and Body Works, was your family very into fragrance growing up? My father always wears fragrances, yeah. like always. And he always has. I'd say he's a lot more into it than my mom. My mom is a very simple woman in general. Like she doesn't wear much makeup. She mm -hmm. doesn't wear much fragrance. She doesn't get dressed up. She's just super, super simple and, and just like very to herself. Uh, but my father is obsessed with feeling fabulous, being fabulous in his own little nerdy way because he's a professor <laughs> by background. Um, but he always uses perfume. And um, till today, he helps me so much with the development. Like oh, wow. He's in the fragrance <laughs> library with me all the time. He's sampling things. He's inspired me to finalize our options most of the time. Like he really, um, he's so passionate and he has a great nose as well. So I think I really get it more from him. Oh, I love that. He must be so proud of you, girl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> finally, I think he, I think he finally is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Arab parents, they're like, they're tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm Filipino. So Asian parents yes. also very much can relate to that. <laughs> exactly. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> we talked a little bit about discovering layering. Um, I'm obsessed with that video that you just did on how to smell like Arabian royalty. 
Oh, thank you. That must have been so fun to put together. (laughs) I think it's really awesome how fragrance talk and social media has really shined a light on Middle Eastern fragrances. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like there's a new spotlight on them and and that wasn't really present before. You know, now there's like so many fragrances that are very regional, like before they were not really ever heard of in the, in the West, such as like Swiss Arabian, um, Latafa, um, Hendel Oud and a few others, like they're, I think they're only even available here mainly. Um, but now people are, are selling some of them on Amazon, but they're just, they're being discovered. And I feel like it's such a, it's so cool. And I, for me, I just feel really proud and excited to see people discover the beauty of other Arab scents too. Totally. Totally. And I feel like it's so interesting to see how in different parts of the world, how the scent preferences change, because I feel like, like you said, in the Middle East, oud and these really luxurious scents are very popular, but in different parts of the world, other things might be more popular, like light florals. When you were developing the full range of Kayali and then you brought everything to life, are there certain scents that you were surprised that hit in certain parts of the world? I'm always surprised, to be honest. <laughs> and that's why I'm also scared. Every time you launch something, it's always a scary feeling because you just never know what people will like. And there's no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whatever you like is your preference and that's your right. You know, like I can't please everyone every time. Um, so yeah, I'm always surprised. I'm always anxious. Um, I think with like what's taken off, I haven't been so surprised about, but sometimes what didn't take off, I get more surprised about Mm. because I'm like, I love it so much. How come people don't love it too? You know? So, um, it's a learning experience and every time we launch something, we learn so much. Um, and I'm just trying to learn from every, I don't want to call it a mistake, but everything that we could have done better. Like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take notes and learn and just I'm trying to evolve as we grow. And we are, you know, we are evolving. I I would say maybe I am surprised with how well Yem Pistachio has done. Um, I love the scent, but again, I didn't think it would be as widely received as much as it was. And and it's done really well and people love it. I I thought maybe it would be something that would be a little bit more polarizing because it's so unique, but I think people really love that. And I'm so happy to see that people love that because they don't always love it. Yeah. <laughs> like with, with sweet diamond, uh, pink pepper, that's my favorite one. That's by far like my number one. People don't like it. I <laughs> like, love sweet diamond pink every- pepper. It's so good. I, I have it here. Too. <laughs> but you know, sales don't lie. Like it's just not, it's not one of our best sellers at all, you know? So it's just like, you just never know what will take off and what won't. So it's, it's a learning and it's a, an experience. And I still want to play, like, even though sometimes we're told like, this is what's going to sell, do this. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to just try to, to launch something that we know is going to sell because it's been done before. And it's super commercial. Like that would be so, that would take all the fun out of it. Like, For sure. I want to try doing things that are different see what sticks, see what doesn't, you know, it's, it's a learning, but I love that part. Like if it, if it was guaranteed, it wouldn't be so fun. For sure. And I feel like just because you play so much and experiment with these different notes that other people might not think of, you know, think of at first, a lot of people have launched different iterations of pistachio after I discovered yum pistachio. It was like (laughs) you and another scent. And then I've been seeing more and more people getting into it. And it was really just like a different take on a gourmand that I, because I love my gourmands, but it was just so refreshing in a way that I didn't expect out of a gourmand. So that is definitely 
one of my favorites too. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I would love to talk about your entrepreneurial journey because you said you started out in finance. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes, what I a did. pivot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, my dad uh, asked me to study finance. When I first graduated high school and I was going to university, I like had two very different ideas in mind. I wanted mm -hmm. to either do fashion or be a doctor, two very different extremes. <laughs> You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, and both were not available in my university that I was going to. I wanted to go to the same university where my father was a professor. So oh, wow. there wasn't many options. And he was like, you know what? Study business, study finance. You're going to have a great career. At least you'll have stability and security. And my father's been always very risk adverse, you know, um, mm -hmm. his entire life because he came from very humble beginnings and he's always had to support himself. So for him, he was always like, take the, take the secure route, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so I did study finance and I did start my career in banking. Um, but I did not last long. Like after three, four months, I wanted to quit. And he was like, no, just stay at least one year. He's like, at least that way, if you quit and you want to go back to, at least you have something on your CV to, to go to another job in case you want to go back into, into investment banking. So I stayed for a year, <laughs> I stayed for a year and a month. And then I resigned. I was like, I just know it's not for me. Mm -hmm. I love, I love business and I'm glad I studied it. And I think it definitely helped me, um, along the way. And I think if I didn't study, I don't think I ever would have been able to create my own business successfully and, and keep it alive. But, um, but it's, it wasn't for me, you know, I've yeah. always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a kid. I've always been obsessed with um, success stories, kind of like the rags to riches stories. Mm -hmm. They were always very inspiring for me. So I always read about other entrepreneurs who started from nothing, built themselves. And I just was always so mesmerized by their stories and and just learning from them. So for me, it's always been something I wanted. I didn't know exactly what I wanted. And I, I don't think I ever thought I could create my own perfume brand. So for me, I started off super small um, when I first left I was just self-employed. I was doing PR with a friend. Me and him were doing it together. And it was just like the two of us, we didn't have a team. You know, we were just begging people to let us work for them basically. And and it was a, it was definitely like a journey, you know? And yeah. I think it definitely helped me get to where I am today because every single thing like added to where I am today, if you know what I mean. Like it's just like the stars, you have to trust. Trust the process that someday this is going to lead you to somewhere that you're destined to be. But, um, but yeah, I started in PR and then I opened my own beauty salon and that was the first time I ventured into something that was like more serious. Like mm -hmm. I actually had employees and a team to, to lead and everything. And then shortly after, um, we launched Huda Beauty, um, me and my sisters together. And it just kind of like one thing led to another, you know, um, I didn't work on Kayali specifically until 2017. That's when we started working on it. So that was that was four years after launching Cut of Beauty. Oh, so wow. it's like, you know, everything took time, but, um, but I'm happy I'm here. Like, this is now my, my main focus. Like Kaylee is my world and it's everything I do. For sure. And there's so much heart that goes into every single launch and you can really tell. And I, I love how every piece of Mona that came together, like resulted in Kaylee because of your strong business mindset too. And that's, I think that's probably why it's such a huge success because you know how to run it. <laughs> Trying, <laughs> you know, again, I, I make mistakes all the time and we all do, you know, like we're all, we're still pioneering, we're still learning together and it's hard. Like, even though 
some things take off, some, some things don't, you know, and you have to like keep going. You have to keep pushing yourself. So we're trying our best, but we're learning along the way and we're evolving along the way as well. I guess pivoting to your fragrance tips and tricks, because like, as far as I'm concerned, you invented fragrance. Um, there are a lot of frequently asked questions that I think you would be just the pro to answer. First things first, how do you like to apply your fragrance? It depends on how much time I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I have like as much time as I'd like, then I definitely would start with, um, you know, layering the different types of formats. Mm -hmm. So starting with like a beautiful body scrub in the shower, Ooh. a scented body scrub, uh, body wash. And then when you come out, like a beautiful body oil or lotion. Um, body oil tends to carry your fragrance a lot longer. And I just I, I do prefer it over lotion if you are using it to set your skin for fragrances. And perfumed oil is also a big thing here in the Middle oh, East. Yeah. Like we, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> and um, and then I start with my, my Eau de Parfum. Um, and I usually start with layering, you know, the first layer would be something that um, I kind of want to set the mood of the fragrance. So for example, if I wanted to wear something super gourmand, I would probably start with something like Yum Pistachio Gelato. And then kind of top it with things that I want to um, either sweeten it or freshen it up. So like if I wanted to make it more sweet, of course, I would go with Vanilla 28. Mm -hmm. um, if I wanted to make it more fresh, maybe something like a musk fragrance. We have a beautiful musk um, 12 um, or citrusy. You could you could make it more citrusy. So I just like to play and experiment. And sometimes I will go out of control and I'll <laughs> layer up to like 10 fragrances. Um Again, it just depends on how much time I have. Yeah. And then I'll use a hair mist. Um, if I have a lot of time, I'll use a perfumed oud wood and burn it and smoke it onto my clothing, onto my hair. So it just really depends on where I'm going and how much time I have. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. So in terms of like when you're using the Eau de Parfum, are you like a spray and walkthrough kind of gal or are we like tapping our wrists together? I spray all over. So okay. I usually start on... Um, on my skin, like just in some areas. I don't spray too much on skin, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I use my my clothing a lot more because I just feel like it carries so much better. It lasts longer. The only place I really go hard on skin is like, well, I just pull up my shirt and I spray inside. Mm -hmm. And then I'll pull my back, um, like my, my clothing and I'll spray on my back too because... I'm a sweaty girl. <laughs> so like as I sweat, it kind of like diffuses out. Like I'm like a walking diffuser. Oh, I love that. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like that works really well. Um, but yeah, that's typically my go-to is like inside the shirt on my back and then a little bit on my, on my pulse points. I love that. And I loved using it on clothes because there's nothing like putting on a coat that you've sprayed with like your favorite winter scent and you're like, ah, oh, yes, fall is here again. <laughs> yes. You should try using perfumed oud wood and like burning it onto your clothing. Like oh, you kind of nice. use the smoke to like diffuse into your clothing. It will last forever. Oh, okay. Like, it's unforgettable. Yeah. Pro tip. Yes. <laughs> so I'd love to know, because you are such a pro at storing fragrances, how do you recommend storing fragrances if you don't have the beautiful perfume closet that you have? <laughs> you know, I didn't always have it. You know, yeah. I, I used to have like a very small space dedicated for my fragrances. It depends on how many you have, but I think definitely keep them as 
as much in a dark space as possible. Um, you know, sunlight, even normal light can ruin your fragrances and um, make them oxidize faster. So definitely keep them in a dark, cold place. I, I'd say temperature is even more important than light. If it's hot, it will destroy the fragrances. So that's why they're in my basement. My fragrance library is in my basement. And I keep it super cold down there. Um, and if you have a fragrance that you love and it's almost to the bottom of the fragrance, I do recommend decanting it into okay. a smaller atomizer. Um, this is something that I actually learned recently um, from Olivier Cresp, the master perfumer who created Yum yeah. with his son, Sebastian. Um, but he told me that actually, if you do have a lot of us, we love fragrances and then we leave like the smallest amount because we don't want to finish mm -hmm. it. And you're like, I'm going to save it for special occasions. He's like, when you do that, you're actually making it oxidize so fast because there's so much space oxygen like space in the bottle that it actually speeds up the oxidation process so decant your your bottles that you're holding on to something um to the very end i get it like i never want to finish my fragrances because yeah. i also like i think there's still something in there i want to keep it in my library um but no it's not good for your fragrance so decant often Okay. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. I didn't either. It blew my mind. I was yeah. like, oh my God, that makes so much sense because all of the ones that I have where there's just a little bit left always stink. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because you've let it oxidize. <sighs> so I guess for people that want to build up their fragrance wardrobe as you have, what are your tips on building a fragrance wardrobe? Like, are there any staples that people should veer towards first or is it just about figuring out what you like? I think definitely figure out what you like. But I would say push yourself outside your comfort mm -hmm. zone and just remember that you can layer. So like, for example, say you love gourmands. If you buy all gourmands, like how interesting are your combinations going to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like try to buy things in every fragrance family, something woody, something fruity, something floral, something, you know, earthy, green, you know, just mix it up so that you have that variety. Cause I feel like the perfect fragrance wardrobe is not something where it's like all of the same. It's like, there's a lot of variety for you to play with. And as you're building the scent wardrobe, how do you advise people to read the fragrance structure while shopping? Because, I mean, for somebody like you that lives and breathes fragrances, you know what top, base, and heart notes and everything mean. But for a consumer that is just starting their fragrance journey, how would you recommend reading that format? You know, I wouldn't read too much into it. Okay. I think that we overthink it. It just means like the top is just your first impressions. Mm -hmm. It's what you're going to smell for the first, you know, minute or so. And then the middle is going to be the next four or five minutes, maybe even longer. And the dry down is going to be like the longest lasting impression. Um, so I feel like it's just terminology. Like a lot of people get um, overworked by like all these terms. But if we just break it out, break it down into simple, you know, English, um, I think it's it's we don't need to overthink it. Um, but top, top is important, but it's also what's going to disappear the fastest. True. So I think for me personally, I'm always paying the most attention to the mid and dry down. Okay. I feel like it's going to be the longest lasting, you know, mm -hmm. um, the top is still important, but it's going to disappear the fastest. For sure. That's so good to remember because I feel like before I knew very much about fragrances, I would just read the top. Like these are the main ones, but they disappear. <laughs> I feel like they're usually the ones that are, are going to be the most unique and interesting because you have like the spices that are usually on top. You have a lot of interesting ingredients on top. Um, but 
yeah, they just don't last very long. Again, they'll be your first impression, but it, it disappears For sure. so quickly relative to how long you're going to be wearing it. Experience perfume as pleasure with a quick tour of the Kayali fragrance line. We're about to explore Vanilla 28, Yum Pistachio Gelato, Eden Juicy Apple, and their newest release, the Oodgasm Collection. love to start with vanilla 28 okay and I'll spray these along with yeah. you and I'd love sure. for you to give us a vivid description and really take us there like what does the scent smell like and what was the inspiration when you were creating vanilla 28 so vanilla 28 was actually created to be your perfect vanilla topper mm -hmm. so when I first created Kaylee the concept was a little bit different you know it was elixir was the main fragrance and we had three toppings we had citrus citrus vanilla and musk so this was actually created to be that perfect topper because I personally love 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 vanilla fragrances. Um, we have vanilla or Tonka and every single Kaylee that there is, oh, there's wow. got a vanilla presence there. Um, so vanilla 28 was like that one I always say is like the whipped cream to your dessert. Like it's the final touch added on. I love adding it on literally everything because I just feel like it makes you more irresistible. It makes you feel more happy, more sweet. Mm -hmm. Vanilla is a happy, it's a happy scent, you know, like the, the ingredient itself, it, it's been proven to actually evoke happiness, you know? So, um, I love it. Um, we've got a very sugary brown sugar, tonka, ambery scent here with lots of musk, jasmine, and three different types of vanilla. Lots of naturals too, which is why the color evolves so much as well. It just keeps turning darker and darker over time. But um, to me, this fragrance is really the perfect vanilla, um, in my opinion, and it's the perfect layer topper. It's Layering so topper. good. It smells beautiful on its own, but myself. yeah, it's it's like a little bit juicy, if that makes sense. Like I want to eat it. I want to eat this it's vanilla. It's watering, right? right? I feel like it makes your mouth water. And as soon as you spray, you kind of get that boost of, of brown sugar. You almost see it. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like, you almost taste it. But um, it was really hard to make. I did not think it was going to stand out on its own so much, as much as it did. It's, you know, one of our best sellers but people are obsessed with it. I personally was more obsessed with it as a layering topper, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, the response for it has been really interesting. Again, you just never know what people will love. People love this fragrance and yeah, I'm so happy to see people using it as a layering topper as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's not like, I mean, listen, I'm a Bath and Body Works girl too, but it's not as like <laughs> sugary as that brown sugar vanilla that we were raised on. It's like, it's like grown up. It's rich girl vanilla. It's sexy yeah. vanilla. And oh, I'm like huffing it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we, we work with Fear Manish, who also works with Bath and Body oh, Works, yeah. by the way. Um, you know, but they always help us make sure that we're elevating the fragrance to be considered as fine fragrance. You know, of course, we use the quality of our ingredients, our next level. It's a different price point in terms of our budget price per kilo. You know, we have to make sure that we're offering something that's really exquisite. And um, and yeah, we use a lot of their guidance, but um, I think the ambery, the tonka kind of adds that kind of richness to it. Mm -hmm. Um 
but yeah, it was hard. Honestly, this one from collection number one, um, it's number 28. It was the highest one, you know, but back oh, then wow. I didn't actually push as much because with our first collection, I just thought, you know, it, it was a very different experience mm-hmm. for me creating fragrances. Now I, I challenge people a lot more. So we've gone up to crazy numbers, like, you know, 64 for patchouli for vanilla Royale. Um, you know, but originally we thought 28 tries was a long process. You know, it, it took a long time oh, okay. for some reason, this one, while we we're developing it kept smelling like cigarettes. Oh, weird. <laughs> It was so weird. It was like, it smelled like, you know, your hair when you leave the club Yes, and it smells like <laughs> cigarettes. It kept giving me that vibe. Oh my gosh. So we kept having to rework it and it was hard to get it to a point where it was like interesting enough to be unique, mm-hmm. but also not too sweet where it gives off like Bath and Body Works vibes. Not that Bath and Body I Works I mean, we love Bath and Body bad. Works. Love yes. It. We love it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. giving it that fine fragrance effect. So the number on it is how many iterations you went through to get to the final form. Exactly. Oh yes. Gosh. So Yum Pistachio Gelato went through 33 Yes. My goodness. There's a lot, lots. I mean, we went through even more, but this is the submission we chose Mm -hmm. in the end of the day. It was the 33rd mod. Um, but this one was actually really hard too. I mean, I'd say it was even harder than vanilla 28. I'm going to spray it. Um, because also the, the, the inspiration for the juice evolved so much over time. You know, originally when I, when I came up with the concept, it was actually, the code name was called Turkish Delight because I wanted to create a fragrance around my love for desserts and Middle Eastern desserts specifically because I was like, Middle Eastern desserts are so rich of like weird ingredients, like mm-hmm. things that you would never think of, even including pistachio. It's something we use a lot here. But um saffron, like just different notes that are like ingredients that are very interesting in perfumery. So it originally started as concept around desserts and it quickly like took an evolution it was actually our brand director Kara, who was like why don't you do something with pistachio she saw it trending and she's like it's interesting there's not enough out there with pistachio and then and then she was like and also every single interview you've ever done since i've known you you've always said your last meal would be pistachio gelato that's so funny and i was like <laughs> yeah it's true and i was like okay that's interesting so then we started working with our our nose and we started evolving the concept so it took a long time cuz the idea changed but i think that you know it was it was yeah everything was meant to be it was and our nose our noses um both olivier and sebastian you know olivier is called the father of gourmand fragrances mm-hmm. he's the one who created um angel from terry mugler oh. um so he created the fragrance category of gourmands and modern perfumery so i was like you know who else better to work with than him on this project and him and his son both of them were extremely inspiring, gave a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the end of the day, it, we still have Turkish delight in here, <laughs> but it took a turn and it's a very different fragrance to what I originally had in mind. Mm, I wonder if Turkish delight will make a reappearance somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I love this one. It is so beautiful. Like it's very gourmand and it's very much like I want to bite it, but it's a bit refreshing in a way. And I think like Maybe it's the white peony or like the florals that you've placed into it speaking, but it's just such a beautiful scent. It's kind of like, yes, I'm yeah. I'm at the white lotus and I'm eating a pistachio gelato while like Jennifer Coolidge yeah. is over here like talking to me. <laughs> I have to say that that was definitely Olivia and Sebastian. Um, they recommended adding cardamom oh, okay. and the bergamot and that gives it a really fresh opening. 
So, you know, I didn't think of using that, even though cardamom is a very popular ingredient in, in food here mm-hmm. in the Middle East. It's popular in our desserts, but it was their suggestion. And yeah, I just think that it's so interesting how like all these ideas came together and created something very unique and very different to what I originally thought of. Honestly, it was very different. And it's it does smell like pistachio gelato, but it's also more unique than just a pistachio gelato. It's got that yeah. complexity. It's got a lot of takes you on a journey. It does. You know, like it's, it's not straightforward at all, which I love personally. I like things that are very complex. So yeah, I love this one. Yeah. It's so good. (laughs) And then I guess we can move on to Eden Juicy Apple, which I have been wearing. (laughs) Sure. I've been wearing all summer and there's something a bit nostalgic to me about it. And I don't know if it's because I was raised on fruity florals, but this one, she is just gorgeous. That's so funny because when um, with this fragrance, I was actually inspired by the 90s. Oh, my God. I was growing up. I know you're younger, (laughs) but like I was in high school in the 90s and everything. So for me, I wanted to like capture 90s in the bottle in a bottle like that retro kind of like nostalgic, happy, um, fresh kind of like flirty scent. Um, So for me, this is kind of like my take on the 90s in a bottle. Um, again, very different, you know, the way this, this fragrance evolved from like original idea to launch also took a journey as it, as it always does usually Mm -hmm. like almost every time we start with something and then, you know, collaboration makes things change over time. But, um, but yeah, this was a really interesting one, which in all honesty, we did work very close with Sephora. Um, so they got in the kitchen, they call it, we, we get them in the kitchen with us. They smell the mods with us and we work with them. So this is the first time we ever collaborated to work on the actual fragrance. And, um, yeah, they pushed me out of my comfort zone for this one. Cause I typically am not this fresh and fruity. Mm-hmm. Like I usually like more deep, more sensual, more darker fragrances, but they were like, you know, just try something new experiment. And again, I originally was like, this seems like it's not really me, but we worked together and now I love it. And now I'm like, I can't get enough of it. And this with vanilla 28, Oh, apple pie, apple pie. That's all I'm saying. Like, if you want to smell like apple pie, like you are so right. I'm smelling the two different. Oh my gosh. And it really is nineties in a bottle. Like there was a certain note in it. And I was taken back to when I used to wear Escada's sexy graffiti back in the early OOs. My gosh. It takes me there. I love fragrances too. They're so good. Mm, It's like a happier time before Ginger left Mm -hmm. the Spice Girls and things were good. (laughs) So good. You're so funny. (laughs) All I have left at this point is for you to tease the new drop. I mean, this is our first look and I can't wait to see it. Okay. So I'm very nervous and excited to share with you. Um, but we've just revealed our newest collection. This has been five years in the making. Like I've never worked so long on anything in my entire life, actually, like for it to take this long to launch. Um, it was a very challenging collection to work on from a development perspective, but very meaningful to me. Um, so it's a Oud collection, um, paying a tribute to my Middle Eastern roots and just, you know, um, living in Dubai. And we have um, four different scents, four different Eda parfums. We also have Oud perfumed wood, which what? I do talk about often. <laughs> yeah. So it's called the Oudgasm collection. And we have four different scents. We have vanilla oud, tobacco oud, cafe oud, and rose oud. And they're all meant to give you a glorious oudgasm because I believe... (laughs) 
perfume is pleasure. Yes. <laughs> and with oud specifically, I feel like it's so sensual. It's so beautiful. It really does like completely change how you feel. And yeah, it's something we've been working on for five years, finally coming to life. Um, but it took forever because it was so challenging mm -hmm. from, a, from a development perspective. But we have this beautiful jar of Bukhur. So it's called perfumed oud wood, but in the Middle East, we call it Bukhur. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just show you over here. We have these oud chips. I don't know if you can see it. I can, yeah. But it's basically, oh, you can? Yeah. So this is Arga wood, which is a specific type of wood. It's a specific type of tree. And um, there's a process that happens to it, which makes it start to develop oud oil. Um, and then it's extracted. And then we take these oud chips and we then saturate it with perfume oil. So we have the different scents and they're saturated in those oils. So you will burn these on coal. You could either use charcoal. We have, um, there's also electronic burners as well but it's so, it's such an experience. And this is really going to take your fragrance ritual to the next level. Oh, yeah. um, so I can't wait for people to get their hands on this, to smell it, to experience it. It's truly unique. And um, also the oud, the perfume. It's gorgeous. Um, here's the bottle. Thank you, I'm so excited about it. Um, so again, like we have four different scents. They're all very different. You know, we really wanted to create something to where everybody can find something that they like. You know, we have the vanilla and the cafe, which are probably a lot more mild on the oud scale. And then we have tobacco and rose, which is a little bit more strong on the oud scale. So just trying to give something for everyone. So if you're still very new to oud, you'll probably like the vanilla and the cafe a little bit more. If you're like an oud lover mm -hmm. and you know oud, you love oud, you'll probably enjoy the tobacco and, um, and the rose more. But again, just trying them all together, mixing and matching them, layering them with your other scents as well can really transform how they all smell. I'm so excited. And just like the rest of the Kali range, they play well with others. And the oud chips in particular, that's opening a new category for you guys because it's kind of like home fragrance, but it's kind of like... <laughs> As you were saying to me to layer your scents, you can like put it on your clothes and things like I am excited. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm also nervous. <laughs> you know, this is something that, you know, when we first originally shared it with most of our retailers, almost every single one was like, no, like we've never sold this before. Not interested. They don't want to take the risk, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really, that's also part of the reason why it took five years, like the project kept people kept wanting to cancel the project, you know, cause it's, it's polarizing. Totally. It's polarizing. It's different. It's, it's very, you know, there's that niche of people who love it so much. And then there's majority of people who don't want to touch it. But I really hope that with this collection, we can get more people to try it because I really feel like Oud is again, relating it to cooking. I always say Oud is like your truffle oil. Mm. You know, if you just start like with little dabs at a time, you'll start to appreciate it. It's an acquired taste. And the more you try it, the more you want it. And I think Oud is the same. Like if you go too heavy too soon, that's why I'm saying like, if you're a newbie, maybe stick to the vanilla, the cafe. Got it. Um, because if you try too much too soon, you'll never want it on you ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like truffle oil. If you go too fast too soon, maybe you'll just, you'll be like, oh my God, it's too strong. It's too different for me. But um, this is a collection where I'd have to say I've taken the most, most risk. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to perform. Don't know. I hope it does well. I hope it, I hope it gets people to have a more open mind when it comes to oud. Yes. Because yeah, too many, I think too many people have made it this this uh scent profile that they're like scared of mm -hmm. you know 
I think they have a singular yeah, idea so. of Oud, but offering these different options allows them to have that open mind, have that open mind that you've been speaking about. And also, like, just because things have always been done one way, that doesn't mean you have to continue doing them that way. And I love this brand new collection and this new take on Oud that you're presenting. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't wait for you to try it. Um, I hope you love it. Do you, do you wear Oud? I do. I do. I feel like I have just started dabbling in Oud, but whenever I do wear Perfect. it, I feel like <laughs> Perfect timing. I feel like a rich lady. So <laughs> I'm very excited. Right? It yeah. is. It's very luxurious. And like, honestly, Oud in the perfume industry is referred to as liquid gold because yes. it's that expensive. It's that rare, especially when you go to the naturals, it's very hard to source the best quality. Um, it's tricky. Yeah. And honestly, that's why it took five years to develop everything. Um, it was very complicated, but I really feel like we got to a great point. I think every delay has a blessing. And I feel like now um, with our launch, I feel like it, it really is in a good place. And I'm so excited to share it with the world. And I hope people like one of them, um, hopefully more than one, but I really hope people just more than anything, open up their palate mm -hmm. to more sense and just try something different. And I hope it makes people feel like confident, luxurious, um, sexy. Um, but I, I do feel like it's definitely something worth trying, mm -hmm. um, just to try something new, you know, it's very different. Exactly. Cause as you were saying, your scent tastes have evolved so much. You don't wear the same things that you did in previous years. And that's because she kept an open mind. Everybody should keep an open mind, especially with fragrances. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hope so. I am so excited, Mona. Thank you so much for like sharing that with <gasps> us and you. for giving us the honor of revealing it here. It's time for Scent Connection, Arabian Royalty Edition. Marianne names an occasion, and Mona shares the fragrance combination that immediately comes to mind. This is a rapid fire segment where you will explore your entire fragrance collection. It can be K-Alley, it can be something from your fragrance closet, and I'd love for you to share what you'd be wearing in any of these situations. So for okay, a, let's do it. <laughs> for your first one, it's a big K-Alley team meeting where you're revealing the latest fragrance strategy. Oh, I would have to say probably Utopia Vanilla Cocoa. Oh, yes. Because it's very like happy. It's soft, but it's not too soft. I feel like Actually, can I layer it? Yes, you can, <laughs> can of I course. Layer two together. <laughs> okay, I would do Utopia Vanilla Cocoa with Sweet Diamond, yes. uh, Pink Pepper, because like I feel like Utopia Vanilla Cocoa might be a little bit too soft, mm -hmm. where Pink Pepper will add a little bit of strength and give it that boost of confidence. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's a very like inviting, cocooning, but still powerful scent. Yes, I love that. Okay, so when you're about to go on stage to deliver a big TED Talk, what are you wearing? Ooh, these are such good questions. <laughs> I love it. Um, I would probably say um, invite only Amber 23 yes. layered with vanilla 28 because it's super bold, super sexy, very confident. It's a very strong fragrance. Mm -hmm. Have you tried that one? Which one? Invite only? Yes, I tried it at your yes. event. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's very strong, very powerful, uh, very rich. So I feel like, um, you know, it gives me that little boost. And true story, while I was developing it, I had to channel my alter ego, Monica. Oh, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like a badass version of me. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So I feel like I'll have to, yeah, definitely wear invite only. Oh, I love that. <laughs> 
So <laughs> it's a relaxing Sunday morning and you have no plans. What are you wearing? Ooh, um, I would definitely wear our Musk 12 layered with Vanilla 28. Okay. Yes. It's like the perfect snuggle combination. Very sexy, very, um, not too strong, but it's like the perfect, like you're in your PJs, you're chilling, but you still want to feel cute. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like you're always traveling. What are you wearing for if you're going on a long haul flight? On a long haul flight. Ooh, these are such good questions. I would say Eden Juicy Apple. Okay. With vanilla yes. 28. <laughs> I can't wear anything on its own. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that you yeah, mix Eden it. Eden Juicy Apple and vanilla 28 for sure. Yeah. Okay. And then on a date night with your husband? Date night. Sweet Diamond. Yes. Pink Pepper. Yeah, I love that one. And maybe layered with um, invite only. Oh, Amber okay. Yeah. I love that combination as well. We actually have a double-ended rollerball with that combination because it just works so well together. Yes. I love your rollerballs because you're kind of teaching people how to layer in the combinations that work. That is so smart. And that is a sexy combination for date night. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. And the last one on a media appearance. Let's say you're going to be on the Today Show, revealing your Ooh, revealing your new September launch. Manifest that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> love that idea. Um, I would probably say Yum Pistachio Gelato um, with Vanilla Twenty Eight. Yes, I love that. Yeah, gives me like a little bit of confidence because it's so unique and interesting. And I feel like it's going to like make me stand out. Mm -hmm. But then adding that touch of Vanilla 28 to make it like really sweet. Perfect. I guess looking back on the beautiful journey that is Kayali, um, what do you feel has been the biggest lesson you've learned overall about building a brand? If I had to narrow it down to one, I would say definitely trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Um, your intuition knows what you don't know, you know, and I feel like every time I didn't trust my gut, I always regret it. Yeah. Every time, <laughs> like every single time, you know, sometimes we talk ourselves out of things where you're like, you just have a hunch, you know, you have a, mm -hmm. a really strong feeling about something and you're like, no, but everybody else is talking you out of it or whatever it may be. And no, it's always right. So trust your gut. For sure. And speaking of pioneering, there was a quote that you said in a glamour, I think it was a glamour UK interview that you did. And you said, men are still the decision makers behind products used mostly by women. And my question here is, how would you describe the change that you're making that you want to see in the beauty industry? Because you ever, are pioneering ever, quite a bit. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's true. Majority of companies um, in the beauty industry are still run by men who don't even use the products, right. you know, and it's unfortunate because I feel like it really does make a difference. And that's why I feel like most founder led brands are taking off and they are taking market share too, because a lot of people who are deciding on products that are being launched don't even care about them, mm -hmm. you know, and it's all about those last details that somebody who's so crazy about the product creation fighting for making that last tweak like that's how you make a product that stands out. So I do feel like, you know, today it's still the case where not enough people who are truly passionate about the product and the brand are, are the decision maker right now. But I do see that changing. And I think it's a big, um, you know, it's a big 
reason because of social media. You know, if we didn't have social media, I don't think any of these founder-led brands could exist, including my own, you know, like we just wouldn't be able to afford to share our story with so many people. But, you know, that's one of the pros of social media. There's a lot of cons, but I think that's one of the good things that came out of it. Definitely. What kind of advice would you give another woman entrepreneur that wants to pave her way in the beauty industry? I would say first, definitely figure out what you want to create. You know, Mm -hmm. what is the one product? If you had to start with one, you know, even if you do want to venture venture out to different categories in the future, like figure out like what is that one product that you're obsessed with on a crazy level, like borderline insane, because (laughs) I feel like that's when you really do stand apart. It's like when you're so obsessed with that product that you can create something that's different. You also can persevere through all the challenges because there's going to be so many hurdles. There's going to be so many roadblocks. There's going to be so many times that you're disappointed with the product development process Mm -hmm. or even just the business process itself that most people will give up because they're not obsessed, you know? So it's like you really have to have this crazy passionate obsession that you're willing to never give up until you do reach the end of the tunnel and and launch something unique and different and interesting. So figure out what you want first. And then once you do figure that out, do as much research as you possibly can. And, you know, with the world we live in today, there's so much research available online, on social media, in different areas. And and read about people you love their brand and their story and how they started, what they're doing, what they didn't do, and, and learn from them. Because I think that there's so many learnings that we can all find um, with our role models and, and everybody that we look up to. So I would definitely recommend that. And then start with planning, like just put together a vision board, put together a roadmap and it can be super high level. It doesn't need to be detailed at all. It's really not rocket science. It's really about just like keeping it simple, having a vision and Mm -hmm. just never giving up, you know? So yeah, I think, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. There's a lot more stuff I could share, but um, I don't want to ramble because I, I tend to ramble when I talk about business advice. No, I've gone I love your so much crap. <laughs> I love your ramblings. It's all very inspiring too because Thank it's you, very Annie. brave to take a chance on yourself in that way. But it's also if you really believe in something and you really want to do it, it would be more disappointing not to take a chance on yourself. Like take a chance on yourself report back on the findings and see what worked and what didn't work and improve from there because yeah I think what you said just ties it up really nicely thank you thank you and this was so much fun thank you for having me and it's so good to see you thank you darling (laughs) thank you so much that was Marianne Machaskew and Mona Katan from Kayali based in Dubai UAE up next on Scent World the smell of personal fantasies with Dita Von Tees, the queen of burlesque. For more unfiltered conversations with perfumers, visionaries, and fragrance lovers, follow Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani, edited by Ramiro Gava. Mixed by Alex Roses. Production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.